Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry. And sadly, this week begins the five-week hiatus of none other than Swan the Bourbon Finder himself. He will be returning at the beginning of February, more like mid-February, as uh, he takes some time off so he can go work a little bit more out in the field for his job. But in the meantime, we're going to have a slew of guest hosts, and I am extremely excited to welcome good friend of the show with just an immaculate beard right now that I am unbelievably jealous of. It just looks stunning. It's just fantastic. Mr. Adam Terry of the Nashville Bourbon Society. Adam, welcome to the show for the first time. It's your first time being on the show. It is my pleasure. Uh, Thank you very much. I love the, the honor of being your first guest host. Again, I, I don't have I don't have feathers. I don't have cool sneakers, uh, so <laughs> I can't really stack up to the the Swan and the Curtis angle. But hopefully, we'll talk about some cool stuff today and uh, see what see what this bourbon culture is all about. You're still a very well dressed man. I don't think you I, need to I cut yourself that. short. So yeah, you know, I'm just sitting here in my my duck camo and you know my my skinny <laughs> jeans. I am in sweatpants and Adidas sneakers. So, Hashtag dad life, man. You know? Amen. Amen. I am growing my hair out a little bit, though. I think it I looks like kind of you know? nice and wavy. It's what I wanted it to look like the first time I grew it out, but it was just kind of straight and sad. And now <laughs> it's, you know, it's got some, some body to it, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it. So. It's about that self-care, anyway. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what this beard's if about. You, it's <laughs> just it's lack of self-care. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, If you are new to the show, welcome in for the first time ever. We appreciate you being here. If you have not, please hit the subscribe button. New episodes come out every Wednesday. And if you could also leave us a five-star rating and review, if you feel so inclined, on the iTunes podcast app or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Uh, We would love to hear that. Uh, It helps grow the show, helps reach new people in the community. And now... We uh, will also read it out on the show, towards the end of the show, if you want. I mean, we don't have to, if it's not something you're into, but we will. Anyway, tell so... tell us if you don't want us to read it out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we normally start the show out with Flying Blind, but because Adam and I are, you know, a solid four hours apart, uh, we do not have Flying Blind today. Instead, we're just going to kind of sip on some things throughout this episode. I think we should start with uh, the tried and true Eagle Rare, if uh, if you would be so inclined. Yes, please. So I've got one here <laughs> from a local store called Centerpoint. They do um, a bunch of great picks every year. Lots of Buffalo nice. Trace products. Um, the gentleman that runs the store owns the store, Roy. Um, great palette. Really enjoy his nice. picks. Very cool. I am just going with a standard off-the-shelf Eagle Rare. That's not a pick, but it's still good. It's you can't still go good. wrong with Eagle Rare. I I don't disagree with you. I uh, you know, people can detract all they want about the the quality of Buffalo Trace products. I understand there's a lot of hype over them, but at the end of the day, there's good stuff in their lineup. So there's a reason why they're so hyped. It's because they're so good. Exactly. Exactly, and if they weren't good, somebody, but (laughs) maybe Travis Gintz, but even so, (laughs) sorry, Cletus. Um. (laughs) Oh, okay, I remember now. That's the guy that really loves Woodford, right? Oh, he's a big Woodford fan. That's That's uh, what I heard. Yeah, mm -hmm, through a straw, 
preferably. But uh, <laughs> has he ever done that to a crazy straw? Uh, yes. I want to say yes. I think that there's a picture of him doing that somewhere. If not, he to needs to get him. a crazy straw. <laughs> that takes had, it to the next level. He had like a reusable one at one point. Like a. <laughs> don't make that yeah. face. <laughs> he took care yeah. of it. So I, I guess since we're not doing flying blind, I will still ask you, what have you been drinking recently, Adam? That's a great question, Perry. Um, something different. I don't think any of your previous guests have said this, but Irish whiskey. Oh, okay. That is different. I've been uh, kind of getting away from bourbon um, a little bit because of the culture, the communities that are, you know, some, the people in Nashville, it's very um, confrontational right now. It's very aggressive getting bottles and whatnot. So kind of distancing myself a little bit, I got into Irish whiskey a little last year and I'm really enjoying uh, red breast green spot, um, I've even got a thing of Powers John's Lane that was highly mm. recommended by the um, the Whiskey Trap guys. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Something different. Yeah. So so it's okay for you to drink Irish whiskey, but if I ever decide that I want to do dabble a little bit in scotch, then you'd start to denounce me? That's right. Yeah. See, I'm okay. Irish yeah, you know, heritage, so <laughs> it's true. 23 and me said it was true. I, I'm look, man. I'm not gonna deny your your heritage or anything. That's not for me to say one way or another. But you know, be true to yourself. I guess I am. So it's ninety nine percent UK. So who who knows? <laughs> English of some sort. So uh, last week was one fourteen day. Uh, January 14th. So I just did at least 114 proof bourbons or whiskeys on my live stream. One of them was Noah's Mill. I hadn't had Noah's Mill in a long time, much less owned a bottle of it. And first pour out of it was okay. But once I really got into it, it had opened up pretty nicely. I, it's a pretty spectacular bottle surprisingly whiskey whiskey confession time i've never had noah's mill really yeah i've, I've had rowan's creek a couple times uh noah's mill has just been that little extra uh dollar amount that kind of pushes it over the edge for me yeah and i've had a pour of it but i've never bought a bottle yeah i i can understand i mean it's not something that i normally would gravitate towards in that price range i would definitely prefer to get rare breed so exactly yeah here in nashville the nashville area uh, Noah's Mill's probably sixty to sixty-five bucks, so that's yeah. that's rare breed territory. That's uh, like even some Four Roses, you mm-hmm. know, some other options. What are you really seeing? Four Roses single barrel picks for that cheap in Nashville? Uh, I picked up a couple last year for I think it was like sixty-five bucks plus tax. So very Jeez, similar price man. point. Yeah. That's now, amazing. Now most stores, most stores they are like 80, 85 now. Yeah. And one store is actually pushing a hundred. Secondary prices. <laughs> well, the crazy part is some of these bottles are selling for three or four hundred bucks on secondaries. Even at a hundred well, bucks, if you play that game, you know, it's not a bad purchase, but um that's not my thing anymore. Our our buddy Christian DeGrave up in New York sent 
me and a couple other guys a picture like back in December of a Four Roses pick that he had he had acquired and the picking team was um oh shoot I'm gonna have to go back and look at it because it was a really amazing team uh that selected this hold on pause for dramatic effect so side note, uh, our friend Eric Smith posted on the This Is My Bourbon group, Facebook group, uh, asked a great question. You know, what single barrel uh, that you have not gotten to pick yet that you'd like to pick? Four Roses is also one of those for me. I'd love to pick a Four Roses mm. someday. I've heard I've Mandy got, and the Four Roses team are fantastic. They are. They are. I've gotten to do a Four Roses pick before with, uh, with OBC, and it was just a spectacular experience. There's, there's lost audio somewhere out in the ether that I recorded to and from uh, on that, that day with Iverson um, and Justin, for that matter, in the car. Anyway, so nice. this, four, this Four Roses pick uh, was selected by the uh, Party Mart Board of Directors, which consists of Susan Regler, the author... <laughs> Who's written? Um, he, she wrote the Kentucky Cocktail or the Bourbon Cocktails book. Michael Veach, who is a phenomenal author as well, and Carla Carlton, who is the editor in chief of Bourbon Plus. And I really, 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 really wish that I had been able to find a bottle of that somewhere because that's a spectacular picking team. And I bet that that bottle would have an excellent review in print. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just Probably in whiskey an advocate in real life, but yeah, in whiskey advocate, yeah. ninety nine out of hundred. <laughs> we'll have to talk about uh, Lloyd Christmas at some point too, because oh, he just uh, he loves loves going hard at uh, whiskey advocate on Twitter. It's good stuff. He is the stick that stirs the pot. He is. He is the proverbial wooden spoon. Uh, shall we talk about some news of the week? Sure, Adam. absolutely. Let's start out with uh, a couple of really mm. awesome and, and exciting pieces of news uh, from, not, uh, from the Bourbon Women Association, first and foremost. Uh, they are in the midst of celebrating their 10th anniversary, and they have welcomed their newest president, Maggie Kimbrell, uh, who you can find on uh, Twitter, I believe, at Lou Girl. Uh, and it might be Lou Girl 502. Uh, I can't remember for sure, but she has been uh, a partner of Michael Veach's as well for a while. And just, I, I couldn't think of anybody better suited uh, in this point in time to take over this, this position. Uh, Maggie has always been fantastic whenever I've been able to interact with her on social media. And th this is going to be a really exciting, I think, step moving forward for the folks over at Bourbon Women. Th this is just very, very cool to see yeah she's a she's a writer for american whiskey mag and she's written uh -huh. a bunch of really interesting articles um i don't have any off offhand but um she's a very good writer yeah she is she is i think that she um did a cover story on on marianne eves in the same mm -hmm. issue that uh we actually got into as well with a golf clap yes thank you thank you much appreciated. Uh, but off the back of that, she is taking over for Sarah Barnes, who has actually moved over to the Kentucky Distillers Association uh, as their director of, if my phone would ever load, uh, 
uh, industry responsibility director. and sustainability. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, now she's very, from uh, Boone County. Is she now? Yes, Boone County, uh, oh. the distillery, um, who used to source some excellent MGP barrels, by the mm-hmm. way. Yes, um, I did. But yeah, she's she's got a great history. I, I'm excited to see what she does. What, what do you think the responsibility director does? Oh, I imagine that most of it is the the verbiage and the marketing towards, you know, stay safe, Kentucky, or it's, you know, please enjoy bourbon responsi- responsibly. You know, it's kind of like defining something with its definition or with the word itself, <laughs> right. you know, but I, I yeah, I, I get the feeling that she's going to really step up and try to encourage people more to, you know, drink responsibly and uh, ensure that people are enjoying their bourbon the way that it was meant to be enjoyed. Right. With no ice. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, hey man, look, there's nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong on a hot day. If you want something a little higher proof to break out a couple of ice cubes and throw them in your rare breed. I mean, don't, don't knock it. Don't knock it. I don't knock it. You know, I I, uh, I watched a video with Preston Van Winkle a while back. And he was talking about how he went to a bar and ordered a, a this is a poor pappy, and um, he asked for it on ice and something else. And the, the bartender was like, "We do not do that here. That is ruining <laughs> fine whiskey." And he was like, well, "Let me just tell you, <laughs> my grandfather ordered it on ice." <laughs> With a spritz of orange and an orange peel, so you can write it off, okay? <laughs> you drink what you want to drink, how you want to drink it. That's exactly. The it's the best yeah. way to enjoy it. Thanks, Freddie Johnson. Um. <laughs> exactly. Love. Anyway, Freddy. congratulations to to Sarah and Maggie. Um, super, super cool to see both of them moving in those directions. I'm excited to see where this uh, this goes for them. MGP has also launched the 2021 Rossville Union Rye Single Barrel Program. Very exciting. Going to be at cast strength as well. Um, I have not had a whole lot of experience with Rossville Union, but what I have had uh, really has kind of been contained to the Bourbon on the Banks event that Swan and I were able to attend in, in 2019. And this was an excellent uh, product from from MGP, so I'm excited to see what this is going to look like once the uh, once the picks start rolling in. I agree. I'm a I'm a big fan of rye whiskey. Um, spurned on probably the last year or so from some local picks that we've done or we've we've had. Um, a lot of MGP that 95.5 is classic rye. Heck yes. But from what I understand about this new Rossville Union Rye um, plan that they have, they're going to offer I think three different mash bills. So I'm super curious to mm-hmm. see what those are going to be like at cask strength. Yeah, now, absolutely. Another thing is I know that most of those come out around four years old, four or five. I want to see if they have any older stuff. Like a seven-year rye would be fantastic. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure that there's something older in that mix. There's got to be, right? Hopefully. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. As, you, as you know, you know, as you know, rye tastes good young uh, or... Mm-hmm. If, if we're judging bourbon and rye at the same age, rye typically tastes a little better because it kind of hides some of those, you know, grassy, hay, wet, cardboard notes that yeah. some, you know, stuff has. But, uh, man, I really enjoy older rye, which, again, I've gotten into the last year or so. Um, you know, a couple like Wilderness Trails got some excellent five, six-year rye. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Nashville Barrel Company's got some excellent rye. Oh yeah. Oh, did you did you know that E.H. Taylor Straight Rye was not made at Buffalo Trace? Yes, and there's something else about E.H. Taylor Straight Rye that I learned recently. I think it's that it's not their standard rye recipe. Yeah, it's something different. Yeah. Because isn't the regular... From what I understand... Go ahead. From what I understand, um, it's actually distilled and partially aged at 1792, but bottled at Mm. um, Buffalo Trace. But it's a different rye recipe. Now, you know, with Buffalo Trace, nothing's ever out in the open as far as Mashable goes. Right. Um, age, you know, I've always assumed that the E.H. Taylor line was a little older, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years. But, you know, some of the, the speak on the internet says this is like a five or six year ride. It's not that old. Yeah. Um, so I took this note in my phone on March 7th of last year, which wow. I, I think I think it was at Whiskey Weekend. And it must have it must have been from Joshua Steely uh, that Taylor Rye is not the same mash bill as Sazerac. It doesn't have any corn in it. So interesting. I don't I don't know if that means that it's ninety five five or if it's you know sixty forty or seventy thirty or what. But I, I it's one of those things you just want to know more, but you know that we're never going to find that information out from. From Buffalo Trace, they're always going to be just a little, little sneaky, little sneaky sneak. Now, the good part about this bourbon community and the bourbon culture is that you know somebody that knows somebody that probably knows Josh. You could probably ask on the DL about like, hey, Josh, how much rising is? You know, he wouldn't <laughs> tell us, but we'd ask. Oh, of course. Maybe I'll ask his brother Chase. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> I do actually happen to have a bottle of uh, E.H. Taylor straight right here. So I, I had some, I, I think Swan left his bottle over here for a, a while and he was saying how good it is in an old fashioned. Hey, there you go. Bottle chuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is your wife going to be mad that I said that? Should I cut that out? No, it's fine. She won't. <laughs> she doesn't listen to podcast. <laughs> Mine doesn't either. So, <laughs> anyway he said it's really good in old fashions so i can see that yeah having uh having had some 95.5 mgp right earlier this definitely reads a higher rye content so if i, had I to agree. guess i would say it's at 70 percent, 80 percent rye yeah i would have to agree with you all right uh let's move on a new label has been uh released from the ttv i say released but it's not really you know, it's been submitted, I guess, uh, for the Old Forester 117 series. Now, this is really interesting in that, one, it's going to be released in a 375. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be batched. But the main takeaway from it is that it's supposed to be from High Angel Share Barrels. Yeah. So really, really specific things going on here with this uh it looks like it's at least for a placeholder going to be about 110 proof having not been the biggest fan of old forester in general part of me is curious what this is going to be like but i just don't know if this is going to be the one that wins me over (laughs) 
So hear, hear me out, okay? Who owns Old Forester? Brown Foreman. Right. What other uh, Tennessee distillery does Brown Foreman own? Jack Daniels. Right. So Jack Daniels <laughs> does this interesting experiment called Tennessee Tasters, right? Oh, okay. So they're in 375s. They have certain experimental things like a high angel share product, mm-hmm. roughly 100, 110, some are 120. I've got this, uh, this uh, Jack Daniels Barrel Proof Rye Tennessee Taster. It is fantastic. Ooh. I think this is kind of the same thing coming down from Brown Foreman. Old Forester has their, we'll call it Kentucky Tasters. Sure. <laughs> Where Jack Daniels has Tennessee Tasters. Uh, or as we call it down here, tater tasters. Um, <laughs> but they they also have a high angel share product, and it is very interesting. Yeah. So I'm excited to see this more um, condensed old forester product. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I I am interested in tasting it for sure. But again, I just don't. I'm just waiting for that one product that fully convinces me that old forester is deserving of laurels i guess and i know for a lot of people it's 1920 and i do like 1920 a fair bit but it just doesn't really do it for me the way that other people enjoy it I hate to get back to it but i would easily take rare breed over 1920 completely agree <laughs> in, in my mind you know, when, when I first got into whiskey, you know, everybody says, all right, start off with the Buffalo Trace or yeah. Eagle Rare or Elijah Craig, you know, something, something great entry level. And then a lot of people never go past that Woodford step, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's their elevated bourbon. For those of us in the community, um, our next step after Woodford was something like Old Forester 1920, mm-hmm. right? That's another elevated step, higher proof, something a little different. Yeah. For me... I have a feeling that Old Forester is trying to come up with newer iterations of their standard classic, their one product, kind of like Turkey does, yeah, uh, and branch out a little bit. Now, I will say, Jackie Zeichen, man, she is fantastic. She has she the palate for this. I do. Tr- I'm not a huge fan of 1920. I think it's better blended with 1910, as you know, we call it 1915. Mm-hmm. But I am a fan of birthday bourbon um, at MSRP, yeah. and I will definitely try. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out and spend 600 bucks on it, but no. I definitely enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So if this uh, 117 series can come in at we'll say 40 bucks or less, I would definitely try it. For sure, for sure. All right, moving on to the releases of the week. Uh, not a whole lot that we'll touch on, but I do want to mention at least a couple. Uh, first off, there are two new releases from the Kentucky Artisan Distillery, the same folks who are in charge of the Jefferson's products. Uh, this is Coalition Barrel Rye. One is a finished rye, uh, and the other is Barrel Proof. They're both, it appears to be, 100% rye. Spice bomb, man. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm excited. I am too. I'm very excited. It is a little bit on the expensive side, though. Uh, the finished rye is going to be $90, and the straight rye, excuse me, the barrel proof rye 
is going to be 130. Um, it does kind of make up for it with the proof at 108.8. I would like for there to be an age statement on it, but I don't know. I, I feel like at that point, I'm just kind of splitting hairs, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, you're uh, you're fighting with whistle pig and things like that that have a finished rye. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, whistle pig's a little more expensive. They're old world. I want to say it's like one twenty, ish. Yeah. So, again, I'd like to try it, but I would have to try it first. That's going to be a bar for me before I. Buy. I agree. I agree. Uh, and then we're also going to discuss the Family Jones inauguration bottled and bond rye, uh, which is a Colorado rye. Of course, at 100 proof, 80 bucks a bottle, four years old. Uh, it's going to be very limited with only 380 bottles uh, out there. I want to. I am interested in this. I think that Colorado is one of those places where stuff is coming out from them, products are coming out from them, but nobody's paying enough attention to it. You know what I mean? Like there, there's yeah. So there's two ninety one. What's the other one? It's two ninety one. Yeah, yeah. Fred loves two ninety one. Yeah, and I I like two ninety one quite a bit too, uh, from the little bit that I've had. But it, what's the you picked up a bottle this week too, didn't you? From from Colorado. Did I? Oh, um, I picked up a High West, so Utah, but still out west. Um, that region is putting out some really great stuff. Yeah, uh, mine happened to be a. A, um, a high west double rye finished in cognac barrels. Okay, I could have very sw- interesting. Um, I think I could just could have sworn but, that there was one from Colorado that you picked out. I don't think so. I don't think I have anything from Colorado. I've never seen a two ninety one here in Tennessee. It's expensive, so I, man. I don't, I've never picked that up. It, it's a, it? yeah, it's expensive stuff. I think that typically it's about a hundred bucks a bottle. So Oof. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's I'll all. Stick to my Buffalo Trace. <laughs> stick to your your Maker's Forty Six. Actually, you know, I, I do like some Maker's Forty Six. <laughs> Actually, so quick story, real quick. Go um, for it. The last time I was in Kentucky, I went by Maker's Mark and popped into the gift shop, yeah. and this was uh, right before they had the the little uh, gift set that's been out now. Yeah, I picked up a bottle of the Bill Samuel's Maker's Cab finishing series which is basically just makers 46 a cast yeah and it's pretty dang good yeah i agree i i like 46 my, cask i but not my favorite whiskey but no. it, it was one of those stepping stones kind of like 1920 yeah i totally agree i i think that 46 cask is a it's an all-around solid product it's not anything i would go to frequently but still good man still enjoy it absolutely so we wanted to talk about this, and I wanted to talk about this topic of conversation specifically with Adam because over the past couple of months, I would say, you've started to notice the cracks in specifically the online bourbon community and the online bourbon culture. And so I wanted us to kind of take a step back and discuss what the culture and the community looked like in 2021, how it got to the point that it is right now, and what the future of it might hold. Because I think that it's something that we, we should be 
in a sense, hyper aware of because it does shape a lot of how the industry takes on our, our interests and our spending habits and this, that, and the other. Um, oh yeah, I forgot. I, I poured a little bit of the Virgin 101. Um, oh, so I'll have the same though. This is the, uh, the old age dated seven year. That's what I got. I found this at a little, uh, truck stop in kentucky if you were oh nice it stated as well mine's running a little low but i need to uh yeah i see you i see you over there <laughs> might be full i need to i need to hit up todd cooper uh, to get me a get me another where's todd cooper out of? is it ohio? ohio yeah ohio okay that's what i thought yeah. virgin's only in like what ohio north carolina and something else uh like indiana yeah, maybe maybe georgia I don't know why I want to say or Alabama. That Alabama, I think is is right. Yeah, yeah. or George, one of the two. Yeah, Alabama. We'll go with that. <laughs> Roll the tide. Regardless, I, I hate Alabama. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um. So I, I wanted to kind of give you the opportunity first off to talk about what it is that you have been so frustrated with in bourbon culture in bourbon community right now and, and you know you did say up top that you were kind of moving away from bourbon a little bit more and you're starting to get into irish whiskey so from your experience and we can talk about how this relates to other people's issues with with the community too because i do think that it's a shared experience in many ways but i just want to look at a, a case study and then jump off from there so Sure. By all means, the floor is yours. So a little backstory for me. Um, I got into whiskey in 2016. Uh, I had some whiskey in college way back, you know, forever <laughs> ago. Um, but uh, I was kind of focused on scotch back then, funny enough. Didn't really enjoy it, mm -hmm. so kind of left whiskey. 2016, I go on a work trip. Boss uh, gives me some whiskey, says, hey, try this. I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. What is this? He goes, it's this thing called Van Winkle. And I was like, oh, cool. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I didn't know it was it was old Rip Van Winkle. I was like, oh, this is pretty dang good. So I go home, I start researching. I'm like, holy crap, these things are like a hundred dollars. Yeah. No, I can't afford that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I join up a local Nashville bourbon group uh, called Nashville Bourbon Barrel on Facebook. At the time, there were I want to say like eight hundred people in this group, which is fairly big, considering you know, uh, you know, Kentucky's kind of the bourbon mecca for us. Uh, Tennessee's more focused on Jack and things like that, or was at the time. So in this group, we have lots of good conversations, very deep, uh, lots of good meetups, lots of good friends made. I think that's one of the, the highlights for me in this bourbon community. I have made more friends in the bourbon community, like actual real life friends, not internet friends, um, also internet friends, but real life yeah. friends, than I have ever made anywhere I else. Agree. It's so nice to find a, a common passion that you can talk about and uh, and share. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. So, no, no, uh, no. I was just gonna say I totally agree. It, it, it's it and and for me, it really kind of took off. Of course, when I started the podcast and you know was able to really expand my reach and and my horizons to where I started, you know, just talking to more people and and in a way. I feel like being a part of this community has helped me become more extroverted 
as well and open up to people and have those conversations and just really get to know people more. And I'm, I'm 100% on board with you. I also feel like I have made more friends since getting into bourbon than I ever have. I totally agree. You know, in college I was very introverted. Mm -hmm. Um, didn't want to go out, didn't want to make a lot of friends, had some good friends that kind of pushed me a little bit to get out there, which was great. But this bourbon community is really something different. And I think when I joined in 2000, you know, 16, 17, it was really spectacular. Lots of great people, lots of good friends, lots of people willing to share, um, share samples, share bottles, you know, reach out and say, Hey, how you doing? What you doing this weekend? Let's get together. Mm-hmm. I loved it. The more I got into it, the more I wanted to talk about it. And then, you know, you find out how deep that rabbit hole goes. Eventually. Yeah, of course. Um, and then I started noticing in, in 2018, I started noticing some of these, I'll call little sections of the community start to pop out. You know, in high school, we would call them, you know, different little, you know, groups, little clicks. Clicks, yeah. Uh, you have your sporty people, your nerds, your golf kids, your emo kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. In the bourbon community, you had, I would call 70% of us were just kind of average everyday Joes. 10% of that group would probably be, you know, the high-end luxury drinkers. So your, your Willets, your uh, BTAC collection, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You had about 10% that was focused on single barrel picks. You know, that was really their driving focus. But then you had this 10% of the, the community that really just wanted to be a jerk. They really just uh, wanted to rub their purchases in your mm-hmm. face um, show you what you what they have and what you don't have and why they're better yeah. than you. And the one that really got me was there were a couple of guys in the Nashville Bourbon community that started being very aggressive, very um, disparaging towards some of the ladies. Mm. And I'm not I'm not trying to white knight anything here. It's just I don't think it's nice. You know, it's don't be a jerk. Everybody deserves the right to drink bourbon, yeah. you know. No matter who you are, no matter what you look like, as long as you're 21. <laughs> so we didn't uh, we didn't really hit it off that well. And long story short, the the admin team of that group didn't want to do anything about it. So I started my own my own group. I was like, this is it. You know, we're going to be more inclusive. Everybody's welcome. Yeah, everybody can love their own stuff. Over time, that went great. But over time, that that main Nashville club that had 800 people continued to grow along with the, the Nashville actual, you know, the city itself. Growing. Yep. Today, that same Nashville group has over 3000 people. Wow. So it is a very large group. At that same time, those percentages, those different clicks also continue to grow. And so everybody wants to have their own special place where they can focus on barrel picks or focus on, you know, stores or whatever you want to focus on that you love in, in the bourbon realm. Those 10% of jerks, you know, went from 50, 60 people to now there's hundreds yeah. of them. And I think that we're starting to see some of that really come out. And I don't like it. Yeah. I don't enjoy being around some of these people. Mm-hmm. And for me, that has made me kind of, take a step back and go bourbon is just a hobby. It's something fun to drink, fun to get with some friends. 
And the moment it becomes too serious, where it's more about the chase and the purchase and the drag, that's too far the, for the me. The pissing contest of it all. Have you, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you experienced some of that? I, I would say yes, but I think that in a little bit more of an isolated experience. Like, I don't... I don't know if I've seen it quite to the extent that you have, and I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, because by no means would I try to disagree with you on that. I, I do believe that it's all a, a measuring contest in some ways. Um, and what, what I have gotten a little bit more tired of or a little bit more frustrated with is the the people who and if it's your personality that's fine I don't mind you do what whatever it is that you consider to be best for you but just everybody who has to find that last piece of the puzzle and it's not necessarily because they are trying to complete a collection but they see it as a status symbol yeah. Right. Get all the wellers. Right. Get all the B tags. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not even. It's not even a, a situation where it's somebody wants to drink it. It's just for collection purposes. Yeah. And again, fine. If you want to, if you want to collect a bunch of bottles, if that's how you want to spend your money, and you want that to be your retirement plan, or pass it on to whomever, by all means, do that. That's totally fine. I'm not knocking you. But that is something I feel like should be much more private than the internet is led, has led people to believe. Right? Yep. And, I agree. In, and in many ways, the, the culture that has been cultivated by the internet and the bourbon community can be so toxic at times. And even Absolutely. if it's just as simple as disagreeing with whether or not somebody likes a bottle. I mean, that's, that's one thing in and of itself. But then, like, go so far as, like, shaming people for being ISO a bottle or, you know, just, just hunting around, talking about their, their newest pick that they like so much or, or whatever... It's just so difficult to, and this is true not just for bourbon, but to have an opinion and not be berated for it. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that's part of today's culture. You know, everybody shares everything. Mm -hmm. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, everybody shares so much about their personality. It's not just bourbon, but it's everybody's entitled to their opinion. You're also entitled to be wrong, but that's, that's a different story. <laughs> um, you're allowed to like what you like. You know, if you're Travis Gens down in Texas and you love Woodford for real, that's fine. Love Woodford. Enjoy your Woodford. Um, yeah. But, you know, Joe Schmo up in New York who only drinks Pappy 23, leave him alone. You know, don't don't be a jerk. <laughs> that's, that's my golden rule. Like what you like. Drink I what do. you want to drink. Share. Share with your friends, your family. Enjoy bourbon. That's what it's here for. If you want to collect it like sneakers or Pokemon cards, be my guest. That's your thing. Do you feel and like you know what? If you want to share that online, go for it. 
Do you feel like the the sharing with people aspect of bourbon has kind of diminished a little bit recently? And I don't I don't know if it's I mean, it, part of it could be recency bias. We're saying that, you know, 2020 caused part of it. But I don't know if that's entirely yeah. true. I, I mean, I just think that people are getting more and more selfish and guarded with what they have to where they don't want to, you know, include other people in it. I definitely see that twofold. I, I agree with you. And then there are certain groups out there that are the exact opposite. All they want to do is share. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's some cost and shipping groups out there or cost groups where, you know, if you're looking for a barrel 18 year bourbon, uh, they will go out and find it for you. Or if yeah. they find it, they'll tag you in it, you know? But yes, I do agree that it seems like the these rare allocated bottles that come out, a lot of people like to hold on to them as like there's some kind of prized possession. It not that it's a bottle meant to be enjoyed, you know? Yeah. And it's one thing if you want to enjoy it for your birthday or a special occasion or you're saving it for the birth of your daughter, for instance. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, that's great. I do the same thing. I've got a bottle of Blanton stashed away for my daughter when she turns uh, 21-ish, you know? Um, <laughs> I like the self-editing but, that happened there. That was nice. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, I still believe that bourbon is meant to be enjoyed. You know, whether that's now or later, I think that it, you should drink it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you want to – I don't – I'm not of the opinion today that bourbon is an investment. Not saying it can't be. Yeah. There are definitely people out there that do that, but it's just not for me. You know, I, I want to drink it. Most of my bottles are open. Only a handful aren't. And those are saving for a special occasion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am. I'm very much of that same, <clears throat> that same mindset too, that if I have it one way or another, it's probably going to get consumed. And, you know, I do, I do this thing. I've talked about it on the show before where I get something limited or allocated and I just get so dang excited about it that I, I almost overshare it. Like any opportunity that I I have, I'll like, you know, bring it out to, so somebody can, can try it, but then I'll also try it with them. You know, yeah, you'll force it on people. Yeah, that's ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I open up their their mouth with a funnel, and I just you know pour it right in. No, no, I it, just much I just, easier to do on a bird than a human. I'm just saying. <laughs> he's look, man. He's never told me to stop. So, do you understand bird? Oh shoot! <laughs> you know what they say here in Tennessee. You know, sheep only say one thing. It's bye. So. <laughs> I need I need oh, to sorry, make some Alabama. I need to make some calls. So, ooh, ooh, <laughs> I gotta go. No, <laughs> no, it, it's just I, I get so excited about it that I want other people to to try it, and you know I want that yeah. shared experience. But like to its own detriment, that means that I wind up with half a bottle much quicker than I would otherwise. You know, but you have half a bottle full of experience and friendship and the things that truly matter in life. I totally agree with you. you Will you remember in 30 years that you had a bottle of Weller CYPB or will you remember the time that we had brunch together with uh, Donnie and Diana in um, Cool Springs? Oh, I'm Mm -hmm. much absolutely going to remember that way more than the bottles that I have. 
Yeah. So again, that's what it's like for me today is I'm trying to step back a little bit, share a little more, make more friends. I'm not chasing bottles anymore. I think that's yeah. kind of out of my, my, uh, my days here. I retired from that, I guess. I'm not going <laughs> to say no to an Eagle Rare 17, but you know, uh, I'm definitely enjoying the bourbon more today than I have been. And I think that is back to the question more because of COVID, you know, we haven't been able yeah. to get out as much and to share as much. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I, I think that is a really good point to be made that the pandemic did allow for us to be much more introspective in more ways than one. I mean, it, not just from a, you know, from a, a I say self-help, but that's not really the word that I'm, that I'm looking for. But I look at it. I look at it as self-care. Self-care. You know? That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all deserve self-care, whether mm-hmm. that's, you know, getting a haircut, getting a new outfit, just take, taking a candy bar and a Coke, whatever makes you feel good. I think we deserve that. You yeah. Know? I totally agree. I totally, as long as it's within reason and not hurting anybody else. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So I, I think what we're kind of getting at right now is that the culture that we have cultivated or that has been established over the past few years in some ways is very toxic. And this isn't like a, we're not having like a come to Jesus moment or a, you know, I, I, and it, what is the word an intervention or anything like that? You know, it's just weird. There, there is an aspect of this community that feels just upside down broken. Yeah. And so antithetical to what so many of us enjoyed about it when we first got into it. And there are communities, there are societies within bourbon that are doing really good things by raising money for charity or finding ways to support their, their local community in one way or another. But it's just a very different face than was initially put on when things really started ramping up. Yeah, I agree. I think that, as Willie Nelson said, sometimes my, I'm my own grandpa. You know, mm-hmm. we have cultivated this community. We are the cultivators. So yeah. it's our job to, as bourbon enthusiasts, to step up to the plate and say, no, this isn't okay. You know, we're not going to be snobby. We're not going to yeah. uh, make fun of people for liking Blanton's or liking Woodford or whatever you want to like. That's fine. Yeah. It's our job to step up and say, that's not okay. It is okay to like what you want to like. And I think we need to do a better job of that. And I am seeing some of that in the Nashville area. There are more, um, I guess I'll call them old timers, maybe not like older people, but just OG people that have been around for a little while. (laughs) They're starting to step up and say, you know what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The, the, the community elders, they are stepping up and saying, actually, you know, this is really good. Or if somebody asks a very basic question, like where can I find a Blanton's instead of laughing and saying, ha ha, good luck. They'll actually say, hey, you know, maybe you should cultivate a relationship with your local store or here's where you could look online. You know, they're they're being more helpful. So, yeah, it, I'm seeing it change. 
it's just slow. And I don't, I don't mean to confine this conversation just to the digital community, although it is a major player right now. It's yeah. not, it's not the end all be all. And here, here we sit on a podcast, which is released digitally to, to people. <laughs> but in, in many ways, the community that we have been able to build around the podcast and that other outlets as well have been able to, to build have been one of the more inclusive ones have been, you know, a, a space for people to come in and actually feel welcome. Right. And that doesn't just begin and end at the online interactions. And it goes back to what we were saying that we've made more real life friends through bourbon than maybe ever before. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that, especially once you get to go to events like, um, you know, the live show that we did, uh, in 2019 had to think about it for a minute. Yeah. I was like, how, did, was that a year ago or two years ago? But sure enough, that was almost two years ago. Um, do you remember the dinner meetup afterwards where everybody got together at the table at that restaurant? Yeah. The restaurant. yeah. We had great pours. They had like old Rip Van Winkle. For, I want it was like fifteen bucks a it pour. It was so cheap. And it was a beef pour too. Yeah, that, yeah. That I met, was... That's where I met. Um, I met so many people there. Um, I met Monica there mm-hmm. and her husband. I met Dustin. I think Dustin was there. Yeah, right? Dustin. Dustin and Misty were both there. Um, yeah. So we. These are the memories that I think that I focus on more. Is again, it's not so much the chase; it's the people, the yeah. friendships. And I think because of twenty twenty and the pandemic and staying inside that has hurt our relationships more, right? Yeah, for sure. And being behind a computer, it's a lot easier to be uh, more frustrated and more kind of um, aggressive and kind of rude than it is in person. <laughs> and, it, it, and it is true. There's been a lot of anger boiling over the past year. I mean, there, yeah, just, I, just an insane amount of frustration that people have felt since February or March of 2020. And so I, I, I get it that people are more willing to speak out about something that they don't agree with. And, you know, again, that's part of the culture that we're in the midst of experiencing um, socially, politically, you know, culturally, whatever. Yep. The, the, the point of it all is that, yeah, the more disconnected that we get from people the more connected we feel to our own emotions or beliefs, whether they be, you know, positive or negative. And yeah, 2020 was not a great time for us to start lashing out, but here we are. (laughs) You're not wrong. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of, um, a lot of negativity this past year, you know, Oh, 2020 sucks. 2020 is the worst year ever. Everybody hates 2020 for me personally. 2020 was a great year. I, you know, I had a really good 2020. I mean, I became a right. dad in like 2020. You, like <laughs> you have a beautiful daughter now, man. It's oh, so good. You. And your pop, your podcast is doing fantastic. You know, you have excellent content and this is not just me. Cause 
think because I'm on it. Anything, but, uh, <laughs> excellent content. Well, I, I really have, do appreciate um, that, though. You have good hosts. You have good people. You have a good sense of humor. Uh, you do laugh too much is what I oh, hear. Oh, come on. Um, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like all in all, 2020 for me was a great year. I did get furloughed. I got let go of my job back in um, May. Mm-hmm. Got a new job, making more money with a better um, work-life balance, better boss, better company. Um, my wife and I are doing better because I'm working farther away. So I don't <laughs> see her as behind the scenes. Um, we worked at the same company, the same office for over five years. Wow. And when you see your spouse a lot, you don't have anything to talk about when you come home. You know, You don't have to, how was your day? Yeah. So. My relationship is doing better. My daughter, uh, who's almost two, is doing fantastic. And she's amazing um, to you, man. She is an amazing tornado. Yeah. <laughs> she is, she's crazy. You know, I was, I was talking anyway. with somebody recently who was like, you know, they always warn you about the terrible twos, but they never mention the awful threes. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, I have a spoiler for you. Um, Do share. It comes faster than the twos. Okay. <laughs> So my, mine is uh, just over 20, 20 months old, and she she knows over 250 words. Wow. A half a dozen phrases and sayings. She speaks her mind, um, uh-huh. and she is um, – what's a, what's a nice word for it? Uh, kind of rude uh, occasionally. <laughs> You're That's like, a nice hey, word honey, for you it. Wanna, do you want to go outside? Do you want to go look at some flowers? She'll just go, no. <laughs> Who taught you that? Yeah, oh, it's the, me. Of course, it's yeah. me. <laughs> I can anyway. remember. I, I think it was Swan that was saying that he couldn't wait for us to experience the sarcasm in our daughter that we have uh, we have so relied upon since our relationship began. So, yep. Yeah, I I think um, I I am excited for that moment where it's just like, oh, you're you're me, but. At the same time, <laughs> <Exactly>. like, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other half oh, of it. No. Where it's like, please don't, please don't be like me. But anyway, that's dad uh, dad talk for episode one sixty two. It makes me kind of reflect a little bit and go, man, I was I was probably this way as a kid too. Yeah, and I feel so bad for my mom <laughs> and my dad. And, you know, has Lord she knows, uh, has, has she dropped an f bomb yet or anything? No, no, I, I, my wife, my wife is a saint. I love my wife um, deeply. She doesn't curse a lot. I, on the other hand, have a sailor mouth. So <laughs> I try to get that away from my daughter. But when my daughter today, literally today, as she was getting ready to leave, she wanted to hug me. And so I went in for a hug. And instead of a hug, she just shoved her forehead into my face at a <laughs> really fast rate of speed. She headbutted me. Yes, not a joke. And it hurt. And I was like, oh, yeah. Bleep. And I was like, oh, I probably didn't say that. But, uh, my, thank you for censoring uh, yourself, am, by the way. I am both, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm both amazed and delighted and scared about my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Even, I mean, she, anyway, is, dad talk. Uh, yeah. Ours is three months old. And I, I feel that. I feel that as well. So, uh, it's so much better. I believe it. I believe it. And worse, but <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll get away from dad talk, the dad talk segment of the episode, and um, kind of I, I want to wrap up 
on a slightly more positive note, because I do think it's important to talk about not just what we like, but what we think can be done to improve this community and this culture. And again, I, I don't think it's inherently 100% true, but there is a lot of brokenness that can be felt in, in the bourbon community right now. Where do we think this is going to go? I mean, will I don't think it's a, you know, it's going to self-heal over time. I think it's something we have to, you know, be very, be very proactive about. Yeah. Um, I, I used the term yesterday, talking to a friend about this, about the, the Nashville area community. Um, it's fractured. There are, so many, instead of being one group of, of individuals where everybody's kind of on the same page, there are so many different groups and so many different niches or cliques. Um, everybody has their own intention and what they want, and that's fine, but we need a little more community. We need a little more social responsibility. We need to be mm -hmm. kind to one another. And uh, this, again, it's not me telling you how to live your life, but for those elders among us in, in these groups, I think that we need to be a little more upfront and be like, hey, we're not going to tolerate any kind of uh, gross negativity. We're not going to tolerate any uh, sexism or racism or any kind of thing like that. We're here to enjoy and celebrate whiskey. So yeah. We're going to love it. We're going to taste it. We're going to give our notes and what we think and what we like and don't like. Opinions are 100% fine. But when that opinion becomes personal, that's where it crosses that mm -hmm. line for me. Yeah. But on a positive note, I am seeing lots of other great communities out there flourish because of the people in charge. Yeah. Um, I'm in a, a cost and shipping group or rather a, an at cost group. And it is fantastic. There are so many uh, nice and, and just decent people out there that will go out of their way to send you a sample or hunt you down a bottle that you're looking for. Yeah, for sure. It's just genuinely nice to have friends. You yeah, know? I agree. And, and like, go ahead. As an example, we did a, uh, a little secret Santa, you know, gift exchange. And uh, we tried to keep it themed, like, you know, I'm from the Nashville area, so I, I got a little Bell Mead, and I got a little Jack Daniels, and I sent that to, to my secret Santa person. Um, their other, the other person that sent me stuff um, doesn't understand what money is. They sent me a, a sample of 2020 George T. Stagg, uh, 2019's Van Winkle Family Rye, a sample of a Willett Family Reserve, uh, Angels Envy Cellar Edition, the port finish, I think. Goodness gracious. Like, like, dude, holy crap. <laughs> it's that kind of like over-the-top community that like, wow, these yeah. people genuinely care about you. It's super nice to be around. Yeah, I agree. And, and to kind of piggyback off of that as well, when I, I – and we were kind of waiting until we found out what what day Eden was actually going to be born because she was six days past her due date by the time she was, <laughs> she was delivered. Uh, but there was just kind of this consensus within our little group that became a thing because of the podcast. And, you know, we all chat 
together on a very, very frequent basis. Um, <laughs> and I don't Sometimes even, I don't too frequent. I'm just, I don't, yeah, well, but I love you guys. That's what I want to say. <laughs> but it, everybody was just like, immediately, if we can find a bottle with her birth date on it, you're going to get it. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it turned out to be a Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof that um, I, I, have to, I have to hide it from myself. Because I did, I did open it after you gave it to me because I was interested what it was going to, you know, what it was like. Oh, oh puppy. Um, I didn't know. I actually didn't know you had a dog. Here we have, this is a, uh, I want to say she's 16 years old now. A little uh, Yorkie Westy mix. Uh, she got uh, in a little bit of a dog fight with her sister and she lost her ear. Holy for, moly. Uh, it's the blood vessels in her ear. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. wild. She's super sweet, but very annoying too. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Anyway, but that anyway, <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have to hide that Jack Daniels bottle because it is so good. And is it good? It's really, really good. It's one of one of the pick up one of those. One of the better single barrel barrel proofs that I've had. So, again, I have to hide it from myself. I have to keep it far away, so that you know it can be saved for when Eden's of age and we can actually drink it together. Um, there are more in town, so if you want another one, just let me know. I'm just going to go ahead and say yes, because... <laughs> we'll, we'll make it work. Yeah, I don't... I, I'm not upset about that. We are pouring, I guess, maybe one of our last for the episode with Rare Breed. Because, yeah. um, you know, why the heck not? But I, I just... To wrap it up, I do want to say... Not all aspects of this community or this culture are so divisive. I think that there are plenty of really good people in it, plenty of folks who want to support what you do and inspire you to pay it forward in many ways. But as with anything, there is room for improvement. And I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of giving up. I, I'm maybe to a, to a fault. <laughs> but I do, I do look forward to seeing what I guess we could consider improvement over the next couple of years. And it, it's again, not going to be immediate. I don't think it's anything that without collectively saying something needs to be done about this, we're going to immediately resolve. But, um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel to be, you know, proverbial yeah, i've I got guess. hope i do too i do too <laughs> yeah genuinely i do i i have to say the last um the last couple months have been a lot more positive um lots of people reaching out and saying hey really excited about upcoming barrel picks or upcoming get-togethers as soon as mm -hmm. we can do it you know safely health healthy um i think i think this year is going to be very important for for our communities right so get with your community, find, find out how you can um, share, how you can make new friends, how you can, um, you know, get out there and enjoy life a little more other than just being cooped up behind a computer screen. Yeah, absolutely. As we sit behind a computer screen, talking to each other for a podcast, but I get to see you though. That is true. Hair. That is true. Well, yeah. thank, thank you. It's driving me a little bit crazy cool. right now, but your, your beard is well, beautiful. Again, beard. It's 
Yeah, this is just called laziness. <laughs> but you do now have a gorgeous handlebar mustache. So, would you, unfortunately, would you ever get to my face when I eat? Would you ever go just handlebar mustache? Ooh, so I've got a I've got a really good friend. Uh, his name's Jay, and he has this yes. excellent like sheriff mustache. Uh-huh. It is so good. It's a good mustache. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, our upcoming I have to toot my own horn here, but we we did an excellent bullet pick that should be landing any any day now. Oh, I can't wait to try it. And our it. sticker, our sticker on the back has this like very um, werewolf kind of situation with a cop or a sheriff, you know, shooting at the werewolves. It's basically our friend Jay who's got this excellent like police handlebar mustache. So good. It is fantastic. I keep asking him to grow it out, but apparently it's against like police regulations. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, fair enough. Regardless. Yeah. yeah. That's our uh, that's our conversation on bourbon community and bourbon culture, albeit all over the place at times. But <laughs> I hate to feel whiny about it, but like you know, when you see a problem, you got to call it out and you got to fix it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I agree. We should move on, though, to tips and bits, where we recommend things Ooh, tips for bits. people. I w- How does this work again? Well, it's usually not <laughs> bourbon-related. Sometimes it is. But for the most part, it's things that we've been enjoying. We want other people to check out as well. Um, I want to I do kind of a joint one between us. We both sure. discovered our mutual love for blueberry cake donuts this past week. Oh, Those are the end-all, be-all donuts for me so where's your preferred vendor so here in nashville we have um you know of course we have krispy kreme we have shipley's and we've got a couple other little like house brand donut places but me personally my favorite blueberry cake donut is shipley's donuts okay krispy kreme is a close second um and there's like this little place called the donut den kind of a little Ooh. close one um they're pretty good too yeah i'll have to next <clears throat> next time i make it down to nashville Whenever that may be, I'll have to have to check that out. What other tips and bits do you have, Adam? So I have a couple. I, I did plan ahead for this. <laughs> uh, I have I have a show, I have a podcast, and I have a video game recommendation. Awesome, go for it. Yes. So number one, the show. Um, this is actually thanks to our buddy Swan who got me to this one, Queen's Gambit on Netflix. So good, man. Fantastic fantastic series i'm not a huge chess person but i really enjoyed the series it's so um great show i don't think that you have to be a chess person to enjoy that show yeah you don't it's just a a drama show uh i really enjoyed it and it's relatively short like you can knock it out in a weekend yeah absolutely and a significant portion of it takes place in lexington where i'm from I so. heard, yeah, they said something about this Keeneland place, and I was like, Keeneland, where have I heard that before? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's in Lexington. They, they, also, they also go to, for a, a chess tournament, my high school that I graduated from. Really? Yeah, and it's nothing close to what my high school looks like now or looked like then. Um, and the mascot, the mascot colors are way off, too. But, you know, <laughs> artistic license, I guess. Of course. <laughs> You had a podcast as well? Yeah, number two for me is a podcast called The Last Podcast on the Left. Mm-hmm. Now, this one's a little um, it's a little different. If you are into the crime or murder or serial killer kind of genre, this is a great podcast. They've been around for like five or six years. 
they do some really great deep dives on serial killers like Dahmer and uh, John Wayne Gacy. Super interesting, very funny. Um, check them out. Do it in daylight. Okay, I, I yeah, sure. I don't know how you like your. You, I don't know if you like uh, serial killer stuff. You know, we haven't really talked about that before. Um, I enjoy in it. in small doses, and if it doesn't feel too real. Um, <laughs> so I'm not a big, I'm not a big true crime guy. Um, Sarah and Dad are. They love true crime and true crime podcasts, but it's just it's not not really my bag for the most part. But I'll you know. I'll get into it every now and then, maybe. I want to say I actually learned about this podcast from your sister. More than likely. I think she put it on Instagram one day, and uh, I've been hooked. I've listened to almost every episode now. Super nice. Um, they keep it really lighthearted and funny. Lots of jokes. Nice. So, uh, not too bad. Sure. Finally, a video game. Yes. So, I, I'm not a gamer per se. I don't have a, actually don't have a PlayStation or an Xbox anymore. Um, I do have a pretty good computer. So if you have a PC or if you have a, a Switch, Stardew Valley. I've got to play Stardew Valley. Uh, oh, man, it is so good. Yeah, I've heard people so prefer it over answer, Animal Crossing. My wife would disagree with that, but um, <laughs> my wife is addicted to Animal Crossing. Yeah, I need to, I need to um, log in today. my sister, as a matter of fact. I have to, you'll have to explain to me why later, why you have to log in every day. <laughs> Um, that's how they get you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Stardew Valley is like a really unique kind of like a 2D, 3D game. Um, you know, if, if any of us are old enough on Facebook to remember Farmville, oh, it's kind of, course. of like that. Of course. But what way more um, unique and what really got me was the creator of the game made everything himself originally. Wow. It was all done by hand. The music, the art, the game, everything was done by one person. Wow, that's incredible. And it was like, wow, this is a really great, really great game. Yeah. yeah. And it's super cheap, too. Yeah, it's only like $30, right? I think that's what it is on the Nintendo shop. I think you're right. I think, on, yeah, on the, on Steam, if you're a, a PC gamer, uh, it's like 15 bucks, And I think on Nintendo, it's like 30 Yeah. Or at least it was. That's what I need is another game to get into. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I say sarcastic. This one, uh, this one you can sink some time into, but it's not one that you'll like get frustrated at. It's sure. just, it's a nice chill game. You make your farm, you, uh, you know, enjoy the little social aspect of the game. Yeah. Um, they just came out with a recent patch. It's like a update 1.5. has a lot of new stuff nice. in it. So I highly encourage uh, any gamers out there to check out starting. I'm going to, I'm going to have to just take the plunge and get into it. Cause I, I, have been kind of putting it off as like, eh, maybe eventually, but and this, it, that's also because, I mean, specifically right now, I am still just up to my eyeballs in Super Mario Odyssey. So, <laughs> which again, I think I said it either last week or a couple weeks ago, has very quickly become my favorite Mario game of all time. It, it's hands down just one of the most beautifully crafted Mario game. It is the most beautifully crafted. I'm just going to go out and say it. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> it's fantastic. When I, uh, when I get a chance at the switch, whenever my wife puts it down, <laughs> um, um, I've been playing a little, um, Zelda. Yeah. Not too bad. You, you, Enjoy you've been it. playing, um, uh, Link's Awakening, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You, you definitely need to, at some point, 
check out Breath of the Wild. I tried it out at a Target one day, uh, like before all the switches disappeared, you know, during COVID. Um, <laughs> and I did enjoy it, but I haven't had a chance to to play it since. So I, I definitely need to check yeah, it out. Yeah, you should. You should for sure. Um, let's see. We're still making our way through Community. Um, this is my first watch of it. Uh, I think that I can say this publicly. It's pretty well known by this point, but our buddies over at the Hop Ons podcast, uh, who started out doing Arrested Development, and they moved into Twin Peaks, uh, and they finished up Twin Peaks, and now they're actually moving on to Community to review on their show. Uh, so I figured it was as good a time as any to get into it for the first time. We're on the last season. Um, honestly, it very quickly became one of my top ten favorite shows of all time. It's absolutely phenomenal. I think Dan Harmon is an undercredited genius for his work in television. Um, I think he's kind of a bizarre person in and of himself. I don't know if you've ever listened to his podcast, but it's kind of a, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a tough listen at, at times. I haven't, but I'm a huge fan of Rick and Morty. So I do love Rick anything and Morty. similar with the same, same kind of humor that I definitely need to watch. It's yeah, it is. It is. But, uh, yeah, we're finishing that up. And also, I can't believe I haven't mentioned this on the, on the show before, but Sturgill Simpson put out uh, basically, like, I, I wouldn't say compilation albums, even though they kind of are, but they're bluegrass versions of his music. It's so good. It's incredible. And I love his music as is, but taking this really twangy bluegrass approach to his songs has elevated it in a way that I was not expecting at all. And he's just, he is a master craftsman at what he does. I totally agree. I'm not a huge country music fan. Uh, I used to listen to a lot of it as a kid. I grew up in in Nashville, so kind of expected to, (laughs) um, I'm more of like the classic rock kind of genre most days, but, a coworker of mine was was listening to his Cutting Grass album, the Volume One, and I was like, "What is this? This is fantastic!" And I was listening to that thing probably nonstop for about two weeks. Uh-huh. So good, yeah, yeah. And uh, his, his second one came out what, a couple weeks ago, and I haven't really dived into that too much yet. Yeah, I haven't had I haven't had the time to um, listen to Volume Two nearly as much as Volume One. I want to find Volume One on vinyl. I want it on vinyl so badly. It's like a John John Deere yellow and green vinyl. Yeah. I I am all about that. I think that looks so cool. But totally on purpose, too. Oh, 100%. 100%. All righty. Well, I think that does it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And Adam, thank you for being a guest host this week. Um, What are your thoughts on Rare Breed? You look like you had something to say. Oh, I was just going to say this was uh, that famed llgc batch mm. that everybody went crazy for mm. and it is fantastic. it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing uh is there anywhere that people can follow up with you on social media if they would like to do that uh sure i have uh I have two pages uh one for me personally and one for my uh, bourbon group on instagram my personal one is at adam terry it's very creative um early adopter and uh my bourbon group is nashville bourbon society that's at nashville bourbon society on instagram <laughs> again super creative um but yeah follow me a follow i'll follow you back and uh chat 
Val Bourbon. You know, we we should have mentioned. I don't think we actually mentioned up top that uh, we. You all are the group that we did Rifmas through. So right. <laughs> you guys are responsible for for that. Maybe we'll have some uh, some Rifmas on the the last call if you like. Sure, I've got one here. Cool. Sounds good to me. Uh, if you want to, fo- excellent experience by the way. Uh, yes, loved having you, uh, you guys. That was a super fun experience to share with you. Guys. It was a it was a very long process of debating on which barrel we were gonna we were gonna pick, and uh, maybe we could talk about that on the on last call as well because we've not ever really discussed that sure. with uh, with any listeners. But uh, yeah, we could we could do that. So if you want to follow me personally, I am at P 1492 on all social media channels. The show itself is at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on the iTunes podcast app or wherever it is that you review or listen to the show rather. Uh, and we will check that out, read it out here on the show. It is a super helpful way for us to reach new listeners, shoots us up in the charts as well as when people go to search for bourbon podcasts in those apps, uh, we will actually pop up a little bit further ahead. And I think when uh, when you search bourbon in the podcast app on Apple, we're like fifth or sixth that, that comes up. So I don't know if we're ever going to get ahead. Number one in my heart. Aw, aw, Adam. <laughs> I don't know if we're ever going to get ahead of Bourbon Pursuit, but even still, I love those guys. And i um, actually going to have them on my live stream here soon, too, to talk about Pursuit, uh, Pursuit United, rather. So sweet. Very excited about that. Speaking of my live stream, I go live every Thursday night on youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast uh, at 8 p.m. That's Eastern time. Uh, a, a, a random array of topics and tastings. Uh, it just kind of depends on what I'm feeling like that week. I uh, have a guest every now and then. Like I said, Kenny and Ryan from Bourbon Pursuit are going to be on here in the coming weeks. So look out for that. You can send all questions or comments or thoughts to this is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. You can become a part of our Facebook group at facebook.com. You just search for this is my bourbon group. A couple of questions to make sure that uh, you know where you are and why you're there, uh, and then we will let you in. Adam is one of our admin slash moderators over there as well, and he does an excellent job of deciding whether or not you're allowed to participate in such such events. But, uh, yeah, we hit 300 members the other day. It's not it, it's not a huge milestone, but it's pretty cool that, you know, 300 people are that is awesome. over there. So go and check that out. And last but not least, patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month is where you can support the show on a monthly basis or a yearly basis because that is now available if you would like to switch to a yearly subscription, get it all out of the way at one time. However, it does help us a little bit more if you go for the monthly subscription. That being said, though, whatever support you feel like you would like to give to the show, we really do appreciate it. It starts at a dollar a month. For $5 a month, you get the bonus content, like the pregame chats and the last call. There are some bonus episodes that I have backlogged as well uh, that I need to get back into doing monthly releases of. Uh, 2020 was going to be the year that I was going to be really, really on top of bonus episodes, and here we are. But that's, uh, you know, (laughs) neither here nor there. We're going to get back into it sooner rather than later. Oh, man. Well, that does it for this week's episode. Super excited. I think next week is when I'm going to be welcoming John Edwards of Dad's Drinking Bourbon. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. You got beef with him or whatever. (laughs) I love 
love John. Love John. I'm just I'm just saying that Zeke carries that show. You know. Oh wow. Oh okay. I'll, I'll let him. I'll let him listen to this episode then with uh, no no prompting at all. <laughs> he knows. He knows where I am. He, he knows. <laughs> he knows how to find you. That's great. All righty. Thank you all so much for listening again, Adam. Thank you so much for being the guest host this week. I will have you back on again sometime soon. Hopefully. Hey, man. Thank you very much. It's my, uh, my pleasure, my honor. Absolutely. And, and, uh, thanks buddy. Appreciate Thank you, you, man. Thank you. We will see you for next week's episode, but until then I'm Perry and this is my bourbon podcast.